T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time to go outdoors. I work during the week with a lot of people who love to ice fish. I, I've done it. I, I just generally don't have time, but this is prime time. But uh, the ice conditions are not that great. And joining us to talk about it, Steve Carney, Steve Carney Outdoors.com. And Steve, oh, it's frustrating. I know people want to be out there. They want to be out there bad, but it's not easy right now. Hey, you got it, Steve. Good afternoon. And what a great morning of fishing, I have to tell you. It was. Um... It was epic this morning, and I watched the weather, and I could see the northwest wind coming in about 2 o'clock up in Lakes Country here, and I knew the bite was going to be very early, and it turned out exactly that way. It got on the ice, did really well for the first couple hours, and then that northwest wind shifted, temperature dropped, and it was all she wrote. So, again, it's all about you and I talk about the weather and the conditions and how these fish react, and that's how it went today. It was just an epic couple hours. We did really well on big slab crappies and bluegills, and then when that front hit, it was over. So it was a good couple hours anyway. Yeah, and uh, the the front, that, that's true, whether you're on frozen water or, or open water. But, uh, Steve, one of, one of the themes is ice conditions. It's just not ideal. Yeah, yeah, we hit some slush this morning, too, and it's hard to believe after we've had a couple of mornings up in Lakes Country at 32 below two days in a row, and I thought maybe that would, you know, freeze up that slush and lock it up, but there still are slush issues, and that's why it's kind of a snowmobile affair, Steve, like we talked about last week. Um, You get into these ATVs, forget it, side-by-sides, unless you have tracks, uh, it's not going to happen. It's strictly a snowmobile thing right now. There's a good 14, 15 inches of snow. Um, ice is really good. We made a lot of ice, but you hit this slush pocket sometimes, and it's like you can't believe it's even there, and you start bogging down. And with a snowmobile, you can at least get some speed up you know, and get through it. But it's, um, I think it's going to plague us for quite a while. And if we get a warm-up here like we're looking at this next week, um, it's going to create more slush. So you really got to be careful where you're going and make sure you've got some inside information from the locals on where you can go and where you can't go. You bury a snowmobile in slush, you're going to be there for a while. Yeah, and uh, the DNR will make you get it out of there if you dump a vehicle or or a snowmobile or any sort of other vehicle. Get get ready to pay a pretty pretty penny to get it out of there, so you better know what you're doing. Yeah, it's usually a couple thousand dollars to get a vehicle out, but 
I always make sure I got a wingman with me and, and a tow strap and if you bury a snowmobile, usually the other snowmobile can pull you out. But it's, um, yeah, it's a little dicey right now, but the fishing is really good, and um, they're still shallow. It's amazing. I've been on this bite probably for three weeks, and I'm in five, six, seven feet of water in weeds, and they're still there. They haven't moved out to deeper water, and the bite's been great in the middle of the day. So I'm really happy about that and really looking forward to Big Stone this week, Steve. And I see this weather trending starting on Tuesday, and it's going to be 30s for like three, four days. And I'm telling you, if you have a chance to skip work and get out this week, you get out there like Thursday, Friday, once that weather is trended, it's going to be great. And I'm really looking forward to Big Stone. It's going to be a perch, walleye, uh, bluegill, crappie, bonanza. And I see as its weather changes, it's going to be very predictable and very good. 4-11 here on a Saturday. We're outdoors with Steve Carney and uh, his website, stevecarneyoutdoors.com. So I have a feeling you, you're going to be you're going to be out there a lot. You've kind of tipped your hand that uh, this, this is prime time. You're going to you're going to be uh, spending a lot of time out out on the lakes. Well, you know, Big Stone is a really big you know draw for a lot of people in the Dakotas and Minnesota and. I'm kind of, um, I like the north end mainly because there's not a lot of activity up there. You know, a lot of the resorts, um, a lot of the bait shops are down in the southern part by Ortonville, and there's a lot of vehicle traffic. And, you know, I'm not saying you're not going to catch fish down there, but I'm up on that north one-third, and there's very few people up there, and the fish don't get hassled as much. There's no vehicle traffic. There's no roads. So, again, it's a snowmobile affair or a side-by-side with tracks, and it, it's an amazing fishery. I'm not really big on it in the summer. I'm more of a traverse guy in the summer, but in the winter, it's amazing. The bluegills and the crappies in that lake have really come on in the last three, four years. They never used to be in there, but now the size is great. There's a lot of, lot of numbers. So you do the walleye thing in the morning. You do perch during the day. You get those crappies and bluegills in the afternoon, then back on the walleye thing about 4 o'clock. So it's kind of a four-way deal, but it's an amazing fishery in the winter, and I am really looking forward to it. But as we've talked about, it's all about the weather. When I see this trend of warming coming up for three, four days, I don't think it matters where you go. It's just going to be really good during that period. So I'm um, going to have a few sleepless nights, steve Yeah, and I, I have a feeling... Uh, some of my coworkers may not show up this week, so we'll we'll see about that because they get into this time of year and all they want to do is talk about ice fishing. So, uh, well, it's such a popular thing, and you know people are really into it. A lot of people don't have boats and they don't have the ability to get out in the summer, but in the winter you get your gear, you go out, you do your thing. Um, but I know that a lot of the ice conditions are still not very good in central Minnesota in southern Minnesota, and people are still struggling. There's not a lot of ice, there's a lot of snow, and they're dealing with slush too. So the farther north you go, the farther northwest you go, the better off you're going to be. But it's not a slam dunk. You still have to be very careful in where you're going and make sure you you have people with you and have some inside information because with this warming trend coming up, we could have even more slush issues coming up. So, you know, you just got to pay attention, use common sense. 
Steve Carney, always good to visit with you. Have a great week. We'll talk to you in seven days. That sounds great, Steve. Have a great one. All right, there he is, Steve Carney, stevecarneyoutdoors.com. Good enough to join us. Quick break. We're going to come back. College football, the championship game coming up. Georgia, Alabama for all the marbles. And Nick Kelly, who's a Lakeville native and went to the University of Missouri and now down in Alabama working for the Tuscaloosa News and covers Bama football. We'll get a preview with Nick in a moment here on News Talk. E3OWCCO. The College Football Playoff National Championship game presented by AT&T comes up Monday night at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, Georgia, and Alabama. I'm a bit surprised to see Georgia a two-and-a-half-point favorite considering what happened at the SEC Championship game in Atlanta where Alabama dominated uh, the Bulldogs. To talk about... uh, all Things Championship Game, Nick Kelly, Minnesota Native, now works for the Tuscaloosa News and Alabama football reporter. Nick, good to visit with you again. Hey, great to be back, just in a different state this time. Yeah, there, there you are. And I, I was going to bring this up. Now, now, you're a Minnesota Native, grew up in Lakeville, went on to Mizzou. You're very familiar with the cold weather. Um, I, I'm sure it's a little chillier in Indianapolis than it would be anywhere in the state of Alabama or Georgia. Just a bit. It actually, though, was pretty cold when I left Alabama. It still was around yeah. that you know, 30 degree mark. Um, but here right now, it's about the, the freezing rain kind of temp. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so it is winter. And generally, uh, championship games, big bowl games are in warm weather. But this year, Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, I, I'm sure the, the, the players, the coaches don't care. They know a, a title is on the line. Let, let's get right down to business. First about the semifinals, I, I don't think anybody was surprised that Alabama took care of business beating Cincinnati. It was really a workmanlike performance that day. Uh, never got the sense that the Bearcats had a chance that day. Yeah, I think Alabama just saw the, the size advantage they had. And rather than try to get fancy passing, because, I mean, they like to pass. It's a pass-first offense. But they saw an opportunity to just run ahead of this defense and say, hey, we're going to run, you try to stop us, and – They could. And so I think they went 10 plays on the first drive of runs, capped it off with a short passing touchdown. But so that kind of mentality kind of fused throughout the day for Alabama. It just was a slow, grinded out kind of win. Yeah. And uh, ran the football very effectively. And of course, you've covered this team all year. They they can't really do it all offensively. You're, you're not Alabama if you can't throw, if you can't pass. They, after all, have a Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, and I think that's what makes this team so good is that they can say, hey, here's what you're going to try to do against us, and we're going to try to adapt, and we have the players to adapt is kind of their mindset. Um, so, yeah, you see them run a ton last game. This game, Georgia's going to be tough to run against, and they'll see what they can kind of get the first few drives, and after that uh, they'll kind of probably take some shots and, and just see what is available in the passing game. All right, let's talk a little bit about Bryce Young and uh, received a lot of headlines, and rightfully so. How, how good is this kid? Oh man, he's uh, he's fantastic. He's got. I mean, he was good to start the year. Um, usually, <laughs> when there's an opening at quarterback, you see a bit of a competition. It was very clear from the start that he was going to be the guy. Um, I mean, he he, come, he comes out of high school as a five star recruit, top recruit in the country for the 2020 class as a dual threat quarterback, and and he's a guy who 
I mean, just his ability to, to read the field, escape the pocket. I mean, he's so nimble. Uh, for a while, we'd call him Houdini-like. But today, Jordan Davis, the Georgia defensive tackle, said that they've been calling him uh, the gingerbread man because he's so elusive. <laughs> and so uh, he really is uh, fun to watch because he really can make it look like he doesn't see the defender coming as he's sitting in the pocket. And right the last second he pivots out, the defender goes flying and Bryce finds the guy down the field. So um, he, he's only a sophomore. He'll be back. And uh, he's been impressive this year. Yeah, the the number is 4,500-plus yards, 46 touchdowns, five picks, and that's pretty impressive. All all the numbers point to he's going to be a high pick come NFL draft time. The only thing that stands out, he's not the biggest guy in the world. And I know, you know, 6'3", 6'4", is preferred, only six foot, and that seems a little generous. Yeah, he's not the biggest guy, but I think that – I mean, you know, we've had this discussion about what Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, quarterbacks, quarterbacks sure. like that. Yeah. And yeah, more often than not, your successful quarterbacks are probably going to be six five. But I mean, the fact he's able to do this against SEC talent week in week out. I mean, he's got some huge old linemen up front. It's not like he's got some small guys up front he's to look over. So, I mean, people will highlight the size part, and I'm sure it'll come up in the draft process. But I've not seen anything that has stopped him because of that size. Um, I, I would take him in a heartbeat as a future Minnesota Viking quarterback <laughs> when, when they move on from Kirk Cousins. I'll just go on record right here, Nick, and say I, I think he would look good in purple at some point down the road. How about that? I mean, I think a lot of teams would love that. Brush. I mean, heck, if he went out this year, he'd probably be a top-five pick, um, if not the first overall pick. I mean, he's, he's that good. And, and we'll see what happens next year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're the Vikings – or any team, frankly, that needs a quarterback, uh, he would look awfully good in your squad's colors. All right, Nick, let's get down to the title game. Uh, Georgia, a slight favorite, two-and-a-half point. That surprises me a little bit, considering the way Alabama handled Georgia in the SEC title game. That's not all that long ago, and it was the last meeting between these two teams, and Alabama's had Georgia's number for a while. So that stands out to me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little bit surprising, but at the same time, Alabama would tell you that's the, the disrespect they've gotten at times this year, and it sounds funny to say Alabama's disrespected or an underdog or whatnot, but, but really, I mean, a lot of the year, in terms of relative to Alabama, we might have talked about this last week, but relative to Alabama and what, what they can do, uh, yeah, this team has been maybe slighted a little bit, and mainly that's because you look at the team last year, they had, what, six first-round picks, <laughs> and so, I mean, it was an incredible team, undefeated. Really didn't. The only close game they had was the SEC championship game, and and so you go from that, and so of course they're going to be compared to that naturally. And yeah, I mean they're not that team. This is a very young team, and they had to, they had to mature. So there's been a lot of that this year of okay, this Alabama team, this might be the team that's not actually going to do it. And and who knows? I mean Georgia still could win it, but I think that uh, that kind of slight boost to Georgia in, in the odds uh, is just a continuation of that. But then again, I mean look. Georgia was a six-and-a-half-point favorite for the SEC championship game. We saw that turn out. So uh, not to sound too coach-speakish, but uh, you know, it probably doesn't matter a whole lot at this point. Yeah, I, I can't imagine Nick Saban's paying a whole lot of attention to that as he gets ready for another title game in Indianapolis on, on Monday night uh, about Georgia. What stood out for me in the semifinals, and, and maybe it was – the bad taste in their mouth, the way they got handled by Alabama in that SEC title game in Atlanta, but they demolished Michigan. It was no contest, and right. that really surprised me. 
it kind of looked like it was going like that in the SEC championship game when Georgia went up 10-0. They kind of did what they wanted to do in, in the first quarter. And it kind of this feeling of, oh, here, here things go for Georgia. If you're Alabama, you're, you're not feeling so great. Uh, but then all it, t- all it took was one pass to Jameson Williams. And he's off to the races. Alabama's got a touchdown within three, and then Alabama keeps rolling. So, I mean, it's one of those things where Georgia starts really well. And if they have that lead, they're in a great spot. But if Stetson Bennett has to start playing from behind or if he has to start playing in a game that's a shootout, I'm not so sure he can do that. I mean, I actually am higher on him than a lot of people are. Some people really don't believe in him. Um, I think he's actually a good quarterback. Uh, but I don't think he quite has that ability to, to lead that offense in, in just a shootout kind of style game. But if he has a lead, like they did against Michigan, they, they keep building on that. Their defense can hold. I mean, it's, it's tough to beat them when they build that lead. Um, and just Alabama's fortunate that they had kind of that, that backbreaker of a, of a playmaker in, in Jameson Williams to have these big touchdowns that really brings momentum back in your favor. And so, yeah, I mean, Georgia looks impressive. I think it's going to be a great game. But uh, once again, they've only faced one quarterback like, like Bryce Young this year, and that was Bryce Young uh, in the SEC championship game. So it's one of those things where, I mean, Michigan's got a good team, but I still these two teams are clearly the top two teams in the country. Yeah, and that that's brought up debate, and I don't know what you've heard because I know you're focused on on covering the Crimson Tide in your job for the Tuscaloosa News, Nick. But there has been this thought where, okay, we have a four-team playoff right now, and it's clear that Alabama and Georgia are the best two teams, and that the semifinals, for all practical purposes, were a waste of time. So there's some people now rallying behind the idea that maybe the playoffs big enough that expanding it to 8 or 12 or 16 would be overkill, that through all of that, you'd probably just end up with Alabama and Georgia. <laughs> I mean, I, I tend to agree with that school of thought. I didn't used to, but after this playoff, it kind of, again, is shifting my mindset a little bit. Um, I mean, I, my, my guess is that it will continue to expand. You're not likely to see it retract. But sure. I think you can make the argument that, yeah, I mean, you're going to have more blowouts the more games you add. But then again, there could be some compelling games uh, on other games, you know, when it's not the one and two seeds or, you know, however many teams there are. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm the kind of person who, who likes to see what different. Nick. Oh, I think we lost Nick Kelly. Uh, we're We're late in our time slot and we apologize for that maybe his phone died uh who knows but uh, nick kelly tuscaloosa news and uh followed nick for a long time he used to call in uh, when he was at lakeville uh in the high school football final with game reports so uh, nick doing well with the tuscaloosa news and once again alabama and georgia stands out for me georgia favored by two and a half and and that's surprising to me and that makes me wonder, what are the odds makers? What do the bookmakers know about this game setting the line at two and a half? Because I expected Alabama, in the wake of the SEC championship game, to at least be touchdown favorites. And even though, as a rule, I don't gamble on sports, I still watch those numbers very carefully. And that interests me. All right, well... All right, let's 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 get Nick back on real quick. I I, I got a couple more questions. Your, your phone dropped, Nick. No big deal. Uh, quick thought on Nick Saban and the lead up to the championship game. You you made a good point the last time we visited that, that Nick Saban knows that everyone hangs in his words, kind of like the Federal Reserve when they when they speak. A lot of people take interest, and 
I, Nick Saban, when it comes to the world of college football, a lot like the Federal Reserve, everybody hanging in every word. I would expect he would be very low-key and, and not want to give Georgia any motivation leading up to the title game. Yeah, he's he he kind of has mastered that game plan of hey we're not yeah. gonna we're not gonna say anything to slight them. I mean, up up and down the whole roster, you will hear complimenting the other team, and they will make the other team sound like one of the best you've ever seen. Uh, yeah. Now, I don't blame that strategy because yeah, you don't want to give bulletin board material if you can't because some people really use that as motivation, um, and, and they're all about whatever advantage you can get. Uh, you know, you, you take advantage of so. <laughs> Uh, so, so, yeah, you're not about to see him fighting them. And, frankly, it's a good Georgia team. There's not a lot to, to knock there. But uh, but Alabama's had their number, 0-4 against Kirby Smart. And so we'll see if, if that continues or if Kirby Smart can finally break through against his former mentor. Yeah, and that that is a big part of the, the story as well. And, and maybe for Nick Saban in Alabama, that's all he needs going into it. Well, let them stew on the numbers. Let let the reporters ask Kirby Smart about that record because, let's face it, that does get into people's heads. A- at this point in time, Alabama has absolutely nothing to prove. Oh, no doubt. Uh, just to give a quick Minnesota reference, I remember uh, football at Lakeville North the first two years uh, in high school, uh, we could not get past this mental block of of, uh, of Rosemount. And so, and it just, it was just this mental thing. And, and obviously it's a very different scale, different level. But, uh, I just thought back to that immediately when, you know, we were talking about that here. It's like, yeah, if you can't, uh, find a way past a team, they beat you continue or continuously. I mean, it's, it does get a little hard. Doesn't mean you can't. It just means that the mental side can play a role if you let it. Now, if you, if you can put that aside, you can do some bigger things. But, uh, yeah, it's certainly an element in the game. All right. Well, Nick, always good to visit with you. Continued success. Uh, enjoy your stay in Indianapolis. I really like downtown Indy. I, I, I think it's a good town. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I get a nice view of the skyline, Lucas Oil Stadium. It's, uh, yeah, I wish I had more time just to explore here. But, uh, Steve, thanks for having me. Great to chat with you. All right. There he is, Nick Kelly, once again. Minnesota native, Tuscaloosa News, Alabama football reporter. has been good enough to join us. I know he's super busy in the lead-up to the title game on Monday night. I I like Alabama. I that that's my pick in in this game. Georgia favored by two and a half. Just don't see it. Four and thirty-two. We'll have the weather in a moment, and the fun continues. We'll talk wild hockey, and the injury news is not good. A lot of players out for their game with the Caps tonight, including the big one, Kirill Kaprizov, a boarded uh, cheap shot. Anyway, you cut it by the Boston Bruins. I got to get that garbage out of the game, and we'll talk to Sarah McClellan about. Uh, who's going to play tonight uh, against the Caps in a moment here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. I got a text a moment ago from a proud aunt, Alicia Munson. Yes, from Amory, Wisconsin, via the University of Madison, competed with the United States Olympic team in Tokyo, has won a big event out in California, yes, Pride of Amory, Alicia Munson, winning the 2022 USATF Cross Country Championships out in San Diego. So the Olympian wins a big meet out in San Diego. I, I've worked with her aunt for a long time. We've had her on the radio before, Alicia, and uh, she gets a victory. So uh, thanks for that, Dawn. Uh, Wanted to get that one on the radio. The Pride of Amory uh, wins a big one out in California. 
All right, let's talk wild hockey. Sarah McClellan covers the wild for the Star Tribune online at startribune.com. Sarah, good to visit with you. How are you doing, Steve? Yeah, good to visit with you. And uh, here we go. Uh, the beat-up Minnesota Wild are going to put a club out there. Um, and I don't know what's going to be easier to talk about who's available or who's not available. I, I saw a, a tweet from the club. It, it is extraordinary. Nick Bukestead, Jonas Brodeen, Brandon Duhame, Jewel erickson Alex Galagoski, Jordan Greenway, Kirill Kaprizov, Jared Spurgeon, and Cam Talbot not available. A long, long list. This is obviously wow. a team right now that's being hit hard with adversity uh, related to injuries, related to the COVID protocols, and it's an injury list or an unavailable list, rather, that continues to grow. All those names you mentioned, uh, unavailable and not playing tonight against Washington, which is the team's last game until next Friday at home against Anaheim. So a break coming up that obviously potentially maybe the team can heal up and get some more, you know, more reinforcements for that next game. But obviously, uh, you know, a crucial point of the season to be playing right now without so many key players in the lineup. Well, and they were able to break the skid, getting a crucial two points in a win over the Bruins, but they paid a terrible price, Sarah. The ugly hit on Kirill Kaprizov continues to make headlines. I, I'm going to just say here and now, based I, I happened to be on the air that night for Mike Max, so I was paying attention to the radio program, but then saw coverage come out of Boston and the fact that he took a, a shot and then ultimately a cheap shot, and then later to see the video, something needs to be done. That that was a scary hit and, and could have been much, much worse. The Wild was anticipating the NHL would do something, take action, implement some supplemental discipline, but obviously that hasn't come down. Um, the team is, was surprised at that. He, you know, on the play, Frederick was penalized two minutes for boarding. And now the Wild is left without Kaprizov. At least, obviously, this game tonight against Washington, the team is hopeful that he'll be able to be back and return to the lineup the next time the team plays, which I said um, the next game yep. on the schedule is next Friday against Anaheim. So we'll see if that's enough time for Kirill to heal up. Obviously, he suffered an upper body injury on that play after getting boarded. Um, and, yeah, another, you know, as we've been talking about, another key absence, but clearly this team's best player uh, to lose him, you know, on the roll that he's been on, reaching 40 points already in that game with a goal before he got hurt. He's been obviously very important for this wild club. And, you know, now, like I said, we'll see if he's able to return and bounce back quickly. But he's not playing tonight against Washington, which would have been obviously the first time that he could have faced off against Alex Ovechkin in the NHL. Um, so a game, you know, obviously that would have had some intrigue. But um, I, I just, yeah, a, a key loss for the Wild, especially mm. the way he's been playing of late. Yeah, and, it, and it's so scary. I can't imagine what it was like to, to see it live because I didn't. And once again, uh, following you and others on Twitter, hearing about it, and then ultimately to see it later, it's just at any level, any of those hits along the boards when a player is going down and goes in head and shoulders 
in, into the boards is scary. And I, I hope ultimately the NHL does the right thing. They, they've got to get that stuff out of the game. That's what Dean Evison said, obviously, that, you know, those are the plays that, you know, they're trying to get out of the game. Um, Like I said, the the Wild was hopeful and, you know, thought that the league would would act. Obviously, that hasn't happened. Um, But that's a play that, you know, Evison pointed out the puck was there. The player could have taken the puck and, and made a play, but... He felt, obviously, that instead of looking at that and, and making the play with the puck, he went for the body, he went for Kaprizov. And now, you know, this team's star player and one of the stars of the league is sidelined. So, yeah. uh, again, just a tough absence for the Wild. But this is a team that, you know, is still carrying on. And even with the absences before Kaprizov was hurt, found a way to end a five-game losing streak last Thursday in Boston. And now an opportunity tonight to continue to build on that and see if they can make it two in a row before, like I said, another little lull in the schedule. Yeah, and is there a gritty win, too, over the Bruins? And in spite of losing uh, Kaprizov, we're we're able to cling to that 3-2 lead and get a victory. And a tip of the cap to Capo Kakinen, who has stepped into a spot with Cam Talbot out right now. And I, I can't say how big that win was. And and Kakinen's going to be a, a a part of this that they're they're going to need some good play until they can get Talbot back. Yeah, it, it's Kakinen's crease right now, and that was his first you know start obviously since Talbot was injured in the Winter Classic last Saturday. And Kakinen looks sharp, and it's it's how he looked actually in his in his last start before that kind of pinch hit relief appearance for the third period of the Winter Classic. Um, he's been steady, kind of in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Um, kind of a nod to how Talbot has played, just kind of poised back there, um, nothing extra, you know, relying, you know, on on the mechanics of, like I said, being in the right place, letting pucks find you and hit you. And this is a challenge, obviously, tonight against a talented Washington lineup, uh, led, obviously, like I said, by Ovechkin. Um, but this is his crease for now. And, you know, obviously, like I said, that first start the other night since Talbot was hurt, um, maybe sets the tone, and it's obviously a steadying presence that this team needs and relies on in their net to kind of set the tone for the entire team and how it plays in front of him. Team was struggling, a lot of players out of the lineup, COVID injuries, etc., and two highly touted youngsters got their opportunity and uh, did very well in that first game, Sarah, and, and that's a big part of the story as well, that uh, – couple of kids stepped up. Yeah, Matt Boldy obviously scoring his first career goal in his NHL debut, and it was an important goal. It was the game winner on Thursday in Boston. He's a Massachusetts native, obviously. Um, so that probably just made the experience much more enjoyable and oh, uh, memorable, sure. obviously. Marco Rossi also making his NHL debut that game. And these are two players now that have an opportunity, like you said, with all the turnover in the roster to not only be in the lineup, but play in a significant situations. We saw them on the power play, obviously playing at key points of the game, you know, like Proboldi to score that goal that obviously turned into the game winner. Um, so they're just, they're not here just to fill a, a hole in the lineup. They're here to, to have an opportunity to make a difference um, because the Wild feels they're ready, obviously, after starting the season in the minors. And they're going to have that chance. So um, neither looked out of place, you know, in that in that first game. I think they both found a way to 
to contribute what they could, obviously the goal by Boldy, but um, now that first one's out of the way, and I think now it's, it's, you know, what's next? Where do they go from here? Maybe that getting that, you know, first one, it's done. Now this is, you know, the routine of being in the lineup every other, you know, every other opportunity, every other night, whatever it is. Not usually now lately for the way the schedule's been, but um, just kind of getting in that rhythm and finding a way to make a difference. Yeah, and what a, what a dream for Boldy, though, to get that goal in Boston, a Massachusetts kid. I, I, I suppose you, you couldn't have written a better script for the kid. He had to be positively giddy after that. He's from Massachusetts, obviously played yeah. at Boston College before turning pro. Right. He had friends and family in, in the building, so you're right. I think just a storybook <laughs> experience for him to kick off his NHL t- career. And like I said, it's one thing for maybe – it to line up that way, but for him to take advantage and score such a big goal, um, you know, obviously just worked out like a dream come true, he said. Yeah, for sure. And in a sturdy kid, he'll be around a while, 6'2", 201 pounds on the wild roster and uh, hopefully the first of many in a wild sweater. Sarah, always good to visit with you. We appreciate your coverage, and hopefully they start getting some of these guys back because uh, they, they got a lot out of the lineup. It's amazing. Take care, Steve. Thanks for having me on the show. Right. Sarah McClellan joining us. Covers the wild for the Star Tribune online at startribune.com. But you look at that. Bugstead, Brodeen, Duhame, Erickson Eck. Goligoski, Greenway, Kaprizov, Spurgeon, Talbot, not available against the Caps tonight. Yikes. Ten minutes now in front of five. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll put a wrap on the hour. Still a ton to go on this Saturday afternoon. Uh, Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, will preview the season finale against the Vikings and Bears. Feels like a preseason tilt, doesn't it? Nothing on the line. And then uh, Jeff Colpack, Fargo Forum, he's down in Texas. North Dakota State won their ninth FCS championship in 11 years. They beat Montana State 38-10. to That is all on the way here at News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Sports Saturday continues here at News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Big thanks to all our guests so far. Bob Nightingale, USA Today. He's optimistic players and owners are going to get together in the next week to 10 days uh, and and end this lockout and get going. There's a lot of work to be done. Uh, Twins need pitching, and we need to start spring training on time. So a little good news from Bob Nightingale. He thinks the only player elected to the Hall of Fame on the modern-day ballot could be David Ortiz, could be David Ortiz. That might be it, of course, uh, on the veterans' ballot. Jim Cott, Tony Oliva will head into the Hall of Fame this summer in Cooperstown. Uh, still should be very festive. Jay's Frederick covers the Timberwolves for the Pioneer Press. Steve Carney took us outdoors. Nick Kelly from the Tuscaloosa News, Alabama football reporter, and Sarah McClellan talked wild hockey a moment ago. They are very shorthanded going into the game against the Caps tonight. Scary injury to Kirill Kaprizov, and I want to sound off on that again. There's just no room for that anymore. Um, it was a dirty play that injured Kaprizov, and you, I'm sorry, you have to protect your stars. And I think going a step beyond that, you have to 
protect every player in the NHL from that kind of goon behavior. There's no place in the game. And I think any reasonable person can look at that. It's a cheap shot, and it's extremely dangerous play along the boards. And Gary Bettman and the NHL has got to step up. What are they going to wait till, till someone's seriously injured or paralyzed or worse in a situation? I know it doesn't happen every night. And generally, the players are willing to protect each other. But, but that play against Kaprizov, absolutely uncalled for and totally unnecessary. Um, it, I, I would go a step further. I, I don't think there's any room for fighting in the game. I think that's preposterous. Now in 2022, uh, you drop the gloves, leave the game. You're out is what I would like to see. Uh, North Dakota State wins another title. They're ninth. In 11 seasons. And and they route Montana State 38-10. to 10. Uh, More on that story coming up next hour here on News Talk, E3-O-W-C-C-O. Uh, the third round not quite underway at Kapalua in the Century Tournament of Champions. Uh, they'll be playing in prime time uh, tonight at Kapalua. <laughs> I, I just love that. I, I'm thrilled that I'll be able to watch some prime time golf tonight. You know, it doesn't look like anybody's on the course. It's a limited field. Cameron Smith, your leader, at 17 under par. John, or actually, they are on the course now. Uh, Smith and Rom. Smith four over Rom, the final group, and they will tee off here in a bit. Everybody else on the course. I misspoke. All right, we got to run. We have the news. We have the weather at five, and then we'll talk with Matthew Collar from Purple Insider. Vikings-Bears tomorrow at high noon. Both teams limp to the end of the season. It's coming up on CCO. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.